Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Your Ultimate Life, the podcast dedicated to helping you create a life, a purpose, prosperity, and joy by serving with your gifts. I'm grateful today to have S.C. Rappaport, and I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, but it's uh, it looks French, S.C. Rappaport, or something, but I'm probably wrong, too. <laughs> but anyway, a wonderful guest. Welcome to the show, S.T. Uh, thank you so much, Colin Bringer. I'm really excited. And yes, you did say my name right, so you're good. <laughs> oh, is it French? It's actually Italian. Italian. Okay, well, anyway, I speak Spanish, but only not really Italian. So anyway, all right. Well, I'm delighted to have you here, and we got a chance to visit for a few minutes. And the first thing I have to say is uh, you're as young as you look, and I'm blown away by the by the stuff you told me and we'll get a chance to share that with everybody i want you to tell me what in your heart at the deepest level drives you motivates you to do the work you do the thing that really like pushes me and like motivates me is seeing people work really hard on themselves and trying all different things to make their lives better and it's not working. They're just putting on band-aids. They try, it works for a little bit. They get very frustrated. And it's not that they're not putting in the effort, but they're solving the wrong thing. Or like you said, they're putting on a band-aid instead of um, like getting the surgery that they really need. So the work I do specifically improves the core issue, like improves how your brain thinks and affects every single action that you do. Once it's like as if you're trying to pour water into a cup that has holes. Once those holes are filled and everything else, all the other work that you do will be able to work. So that's the thing that like makes me like keep on going. So it sounds like you're real watching people try hard and do the wrong things or do things that aren't effective felt painful sort of to you and you wanted to be a, a source of help for that. Well, you know, you said ahead of time uh, that, you know, you you had an issue, something, and we'll talk about that in a minute, that made you learn some cool stuff. Well, you could have just fixed yourself and then moved on. Why are you motivated to be in service to help other people? Yeah, like you said, it's it's like the pain of someone. Like, I know that people, I could see that they're doing the wrong thing. They're, like, trying so hard. They're trying to, like get their lives in order. They're trying to do what they need to do, but it's frustrating because they're not getting that results. And it's, it's that pain. Like I, I always say like, you can't help someone who doesn't want help, but when somebody wants help and they're like willing to put in the work and they're willing to do the thing, do, do everything that they need to do. Like I want to help them. I want to be able to really help them be able to go in the direction that they want to go. Cool. Well, that's wonderful. And I am grateful. I, I'm truly grateful to have you and people like you who are committed to uh, the phrase I use is adding good to the world. Well, 
So let's um, let's start with the story of how you developed into what you do today. You you had a specific thing. You told me a little bit about it uh, before we started, and you noticed some things about yourself, and then went to work to find the right tools to create a solution. So tell me, tell the listeners what happened and what set you on this journey and, and how you did this. Yes. So when I was in fifth grade, I was still struggling with reading. Fifth grade's like 11 years old. Um, I went to a lot of reading tutors and my parents spent a lot of money. I spent a lot of time out of the classroom, which I really liked because I did not like school. But there was no results. Like I really like struggled with reading. So my parents decided to bring in what's called Feuerstein mediators. These are people who are trained in the Feuerstein method of helping you improve how you think and process information instead of like teaching you how to read. So we did like no reading, like the typical things that you go when you would go to a tutor. And because of that, I was able to now read, but not only read. What I noticed was all areas of school got better. Socially was got way better. My, my confidence went up. Like my whole life just got better. And I, and even at that age, like I knew like this has the potential and this like can really help a lot of people. So I knew then that I wanted to go get trained in it, but I did not realize that it would be my whole life. Wow. So I want to back up just a little bit. Your parents saw that the, these other methods weren't working. And so they brought in something something you called Feuerstein meteors? Mediators. Mediators. Yes. Mediators. So spell that word, Feuer. You spelled it for me ahead of time, but spell it because I'd never heard of it. And maybe I'm just slow to the party, but I'd never heard of it till you introduced me to it. So so spell so, it. Yeah. So uh, first of all, it's very popular like around the world, like it's in 40 countries. In America, it's not very much so. Like people don't know much about it. So like you're okay. Like a lot of people don't, but like <laughs> once you get into it, you might hear other people who know it. Um, it's spelled F-E-U-E-R-S-T-E-I-N. Feuerstein method. So what is, tell me a little bit about that. What, what happened that you said it wasn't about reading, but it was about working on how your brain processes information. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So thinking is not one big thing. Thinking is actually made up of 28 thinking skills or 28 cognitive functions. And we naturally all have stronger ones and weaker ones, but those weaker ones are making it challenging for us to do the things that we want to do. So we would do different like brain exercises and things like that to improve my weaker cognitive functions. And then automatically I was now able to read. Okay, so there's uh, 28, 28 pieces to that, and uh, they, there's a sort of a spreading effect. You worked on these areas that were less developed, and, and and then that improved everything and allowed you to read. What else? How long? Did, how long was that process? Did it go on for many grades, or was it all in the fifth grade that got that working for you? Yeah, so I did like by in within those few months of fifth grade, I was already reading again. I did continue the session for uh, another like year and a half after that, like probably till mid seventh grade, um, just because it, my parents saw that like it was helping other areas and it wasn't just the reading. And they're like, okay, let's do this more. Yeah. Well, and then you you obviously finished school 
And, and then what happened? What made you decide to get trained and 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 you know carry this forward as a as a business? Yeah. So I actually hated school so much. Still, even with this, that at sixteen I got my GED, got my high school diploma, and I went to study in England because in England. Um, they graduate school at 16 and they start college. And so I was the same age as them. I just went to study in England simply because my parents didn't just want me on the streets. So there I was like in a boarding school, you know, and I got to like meet people from around the world and it's really different it was college. It wasn't just school, um, but I just studied art. Nothing so fancy. <laughs> um, but it was also during that time that I, I, was learning a lot of other things. Like I had a photography business at that time and I was doing all different things. And I, when I came home once for a spring break, then back into America, I wanted to start the training of this forest and method. Now, the way it works is every part that you do, you could now practice and work with people. Like you could go for a week of intensive training and practice it and then like actually start working with clients. So at 17, I started doing this training and that happened that like every year I would take more of these trainings to like up like all the trainings down. Um but through that process, like I said, I would always like learn new things. And one of the courses that I took was Tony was Tony Robbins RPM method. It's like a planning method based on your motivation and not your to-do list. Like I said, it was really cool. I really liked it. But a big part of what Tony spoke about was being able to plan six months or a year ahead. And my brain couldn't do that. Even after improving cognitive functions for quite a while, back as a kid, there's never like a max to like all your cognitive functions are perfect and you never have to improve them, right? Like you could always make yourself be thinking even better. Um, so one of my weaker cognitive functions was categorizing, being able to like make groups and more specifically being able to see the group title of more complex, abstract things. So yeah, I could like sort simple things, but like when you wanted more abstract things then that I struggled with. So one of the courses was specifically for that. After that, I was able to do Tony Robbins course because now I was able to think in that big picture and be able to think six months a year ahead, but I was also able to save 10 hours every single week by just like planning a little bit differently. I was able to work with people, more people at a time instead of just one, because I was so like be able to see the bigger picture of working what I want. I had bigger dreams for my business. And I knew that there are other people like me who need this also. And so I decided to go more into this. So I want to address something that I don't know if anybody would think or not, it may feel like to somebody that, oh, you know, okay, this poor girl in fifth grade had something wrong and she had to go have some special treatment and now she's okay. I don't uh, I don't think that. I think there's a lot broader application. And I think people might think their cognitive functions are working fine and they're deluding themselves. Uh, that they're not. And and maybe that's part of the reason people don't plan well or people don't keep their commitments or they don't know how to use a, a calendar effectively or they don't hold themselves accountable to different things. So you've told the story about how you were introduced here and presented it in the context of a struggle you had with reading. But just even based on what we've talked about, it feels like there's a lot, uh, a lot of applications in not just with people that you know, have something wrong in that way, but people that want to grow and be more effective. So when you talk about having a business, 
doing this? Talk about what that looks like. Who who do you work with? What kinds of typical areas are they then? Do they discover that they're not strong in so that this can help them? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, before I answer your question on that, I think just one thing that like you might find interesting is of like why we think we have strong cognitive functions is because we have to survive, like, right? Like our brain has to figure out a way to get through life. So if you have a weak cognitive function, it's going to find another way to do it. It's not that you can't do it, but sometimes depends what it is, but sometimes it's just that it takes your brain a lot of energy and it's almost like a bit of a backwards way for you to be able to do it. Um, so that's why we a lot of times think that like we just have strong cognitive functions because we figure out ways to do it which is really good because we need that for survival. Um, But my business specifically, I work with entrepreneurs of people who want to get like grow their business and specifically have running their lives with less stress, less overwhelm, and just like running business easier. Um, A lot of people come to me because they have a lot of stress or they find themselves procrastinating or they're like already overwhelmed by everything. Like they have a lot of clients and they're struggling to like, get systems in place, things like that. Now, the funny thing is, or the interesting thing is that two people could come to me for the same reason. So let's say two people come to me for time management, but the reason why they are struggling with time management is different because they have different weak cognitive functions. Okay. Well, that's, uh, I I love the point that you made ahead of time that we are uh, compensate compensatory skills so like a person who can't see develops other senses in a better way so that they're able to function and they hear things that the rest of us don't hear and and the same with other senses that's an interesting point so a weak cognitive function your brain compensates by doing other things and you might not even realize how much more you could be effective or enjoy life until you take the time to do this work so what is it? I don't know if there's such a thing as a typical reason. You mentioned time management. You mentioned overwhelm. Like, what are the biggest triggers that you see that make someone say, I need to, I need to do some work to be more effective about how I handle my business? What are the biggest triggers you see? Yeah, um, a lot of it would be like just it's a lot of stress and overwhelm that usually like what happens to people like they see they're not running their business, they're like always really tired. It's very like just hard for them to get through life. Like usually they love their work. They love their business. They love like when they're actually with clients, but like all the other work of the business is just a lot for them. And that usually is a trigger. They're like, okay, I need to go do something about this. Okay. So that's like the 47 hats. I've got to do all my prospecting. I've got to run the systems. I've got to do client delivery. I've got to do billing. And I have to, oh man, I need to redo that page on the website. And all of the things that there are, especially when you're either a solopreneur or you've got a very small team and you end up with 27 hats on as the business owner. Yeah. So, well, I've been there. I I certainly know what that feels like. So I'm, I'm laughing partly because I uh, see that. And I also talk to folks a lot about that. So if someone comes to you and they don't really know what's wrong, they just know they're tired all the time or they're behind or they feel like they're behind the eight ball and they're never going to get whatever done, never going to get caught up. I'm sure you hear that a lot. 
How, what do you do to start with start the conversation? Like they're not a client yet. They just come. Uh, they found you somehow. We'll talk about that in a minute. But they found you somehow, and you're in conversation with them, and that's what they say. Overwhelmed, tired, never going to get caught up. How do you start with that? Yeah, so I would I would get really deep into, like, where are you feeling overwhelmed? So, like, if you want, we could, like, role play this if you want. Like, trying to, like, figure it out. Like, where are you feeling overwhelmed? Why are you feeling that? And then through that conversation, I'd be able to, like, pinpoint which one of their cognitive functions are making it hard for them. And that's what I want them to understand that when they improve that cognitive function, all of this goes away or everything that they've tried to do. Like a lot of times people comment to me after trying the courses and after trying a whole bunch of things, like then all those other things will click and fall into place. Oh, wow. So this has double benefits or triple or however many. The stuff I tried before and didn't work, uh, if I can if I can address the issues that make, are making me struggle, then, then I get to redo and re-get the benefits of things that I bought or tried before that didn't seem to do much for me. Exactly. Like I had with that Tony Robbins course. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about. So how does it, if, if you ask a person and they say overwhelm, which is typical these days, especially so much of the overwhelm wasn't even necessarily coming from business, but inflation and, you know, the economy and there's uncertainty and supply chain shortages and this and this and all this stuff going on. There's a lot of externalities too, but what you told me is that you, by talking to them about why they feel overwhelmed, you're able to decide or help them pinpoint the thing that's weak. Is that what you said? For the most part, I could pinpoint like the main ones or, or like a few, like two or three of the big ones that are really affecting them as I'm working with them, I would like be able to identify more if there are more, but like that gives a really good starting point. And by improving those, they'll already start seeing results. Well, that's, that's really interesting. So are there core, are there like certain exercises that you have them do and, and yes. to work on a particular function? Yes. So Professor Ruben Feuerstein, the one that identified these 28 cognitive functions created um, all different, like it's a pencil and paper method that we use. And it literally looks like fun sheets. You're just working them. Um, while you're working in them, it almost like gives me a insight into like how your brain works because the same way that your brain is approaching this paper, it's approaching life and business. For example, with the papers, like one of the classic exercises we do is like dots and their shapes. And you have to find the shapes within the dots. And that sounds really simple, but it gets really complex and it can be really challenging. But if I give someone this paper and they right away just like get overwhelmed by all the dots because there's too much information and they don't even know where to start looking. And obviously I'm not going to like make an assumption in one second, but like that is going to give me insight into understanding that they get overwhelmed whenever they see a bunch of information. They walk into a messy room that they need to clean up. They're probably getting overwhelmed. Or if they have like come back from vacation and have way too many emails, they're going to right? Same way that they approach that paper is the same way they approach like then the same strategies that they use to help them solve the papers is the same strategies that we bring and bridge into how it affects into your life. So I don't really care about the exercises. I'm going to care about how it's going to affect your everyday life. So how many, that's fabulous. And I, I think it sounds interesting to me and I'm not surprised that it's not popular in parts of the world. Uh, 
but he is in others. There's so many things like that. Um, how many clients do you work with at once? Are you able to work with 10 or 100? Or, like, I don't know how long your structure is. How, how, do you, how do you structure your work? Yeah, so I do it in cohorts of 90 days where we meet twice a week um, on Zoom to do these exercises. Now, every person has to get personal, what we call mediation. So I'm not teaching you. I ask you questions different question, depending on your brain, to help you figure out the answers by yourself, which is what we call mediation, like a mediating between you and the challenge that you have to do. And so because of that, because everybody has to get their personal attention, I don't take more than six people in a cohort, um, but I could have multiple cohorts running at once. So is this something you plan to do for a long time? Yes, my plan eventually is to have additional coaches underneath me, additional mediators, um, so that way we could have even more groups running at once. Yeah, very cool. So you call them mediators because uh, you're mediating between the person and the problem? or exactly. what? Not my name. That was Professor Forrestan's name, but yes. Okay. I like it, so use it. Well, it's very interesting. So tell me, in, in your experience now, you've been doing this work now for, you said, seven years. And that's plenty long enough to get a good feel for it and to see some good results. What is, what thing, what situation have you worked with someone? Has anyone done more than like 90 days? Did they do like two or three of them sometimes? Yeah, sure. Many times. Because after we do 90 days, we keep like 90 days gives you like the overview of all of them. Afterwards, we could go like really deep onto specific ones. Oh, okay, cool. So it depends like what they want. Yeah, of course. So what uh, this is personally rewarding for you when it solved a problem for you and you saw the benefits. What example do you have that pops in your mind right away of the most rewarding or fun? I don't know if fun's the right word, but most rewarding client situation you worked with that went from what to what? What kind of struggle that pops in your mind if they say which one was the one or two that really stand out for you? Okay, so before I say the most rewarding one, I can say a fun one, and then you could tell me if you also want a rewarding one. It's just a fun story. Um, I used to, now I only do it online, but I used to go into businesses and like work with like their C-suite executives and things like that, like work with specific people at a time. And I was doing, I once had a business, like I was working with a business um, like that. And there was a woman who for some reason never told her husband that this is what she was doing twice a week for three months. And... She used to have this thought process that everything needs to happen now and would get very stressed by it. Like not being able to prioritize, like it's okay if something happens tomorrow or it happens later. And she would stay really late at night. It caused a lot of tension in her relationship and in her home life. And like, I didn't know about this. Like I was busy doing, working on her cognitive functions at work, but she comes in the next one day, one session after like a couple of weeks. And she's like, my husband asked me if I am seeing a therapist because apparently there was like a holiday coming up and she had a lot of stuff to do. And she decided that she's prioritizing and just decided to go to sleep and some things don't have to happen. And she went to sleep on time together with her husband. And he was like, what is up here? And that was because we were working on these cognitive functions. We were talking about work. We were talking about things, but it actually helped her 
brain understand the world differently, it affected her home life also and her relationship. So that was just fun. That was delightful. Like, in, like, what did she say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did what did what did she tell her husband? <laughs> yeah, she, you know. So then she told her husband that, like, that they have these like these brain things and they do these brain exercises, and he like was a bit confused. So yeah, like he like had to make up a time for her to come into the office and meet me also, so we could like understand. <laughs> oh, that was fun. I'll bet that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Well, t- that's a fun one. And tell me one that was really meaningful to you, that maybe meant a lot to you in terms of a change that was brought about in someone's life. Yeah. So I tend to work with a lot of people that have ADHD. Um, these are just like, I, I we vibe a lot together. I love the energy and like what they have in their, like what... The, what potential they have and like what they offer to this world. Um, and a lot of times they also have struggles that this helps a lot with, but this specific person also had bipolar. Now I don't do very often, but she happened to have, and she was seeing like quite a few like psychotherapists and therapists and like a bunch of different people, someone for her relationship, someone for her business. And like, there was just like a lot of overwhelm and stress, like in her life. She even with all this help in her life that she was getting, she couldn't, pull all the pieces together to really get her life in order. She obviously had her mood swings and her things. And that's like, that's it. But it was like affecting her business and affecting her life. Um, And like literally just a couple of weeks of like working with me, she said that she was able to get like from every single other therapist or psychotherapist or anyone else that she was working with, she felt like she was getting more out of going to see to them. So even though she like saw results from the work that I was doing, all the other people that she was working with um, helped her a lot. And she like recently messaged me like on work that I don't know, like four or five years ago um, that like, yeah, like these things still come up in her day and she still sees how like is the work that we've done is still helping her life every single day. So. That must really be fun. Five years later, four years later, whatever, have someone still thinking about you and, saying that the work that you did is is helping them uh, have a better life and so forth. Well, it may not be new to others, but this uh, stuff was new to me. So if someone wanted to find out more about the method or you particularly wanted to read, I don't know, have you written anything? Do you have like blogs or videos or anything that you do to, to work? Or you, like, I don't know what you do. I haven't written 18 books like you. Well, so I'm not, this is not a contest. <laughs> um, yes, but I do host the podcast, the Life Fix University podcast, um, where we discuss different cognitive functions. And I post a lot on social. So like, especially on TikTok, if you're there or YouTube, if you have any questions, I'm always like happy to answer. Um, but those go really deep and can give you really practical advice. Good. So I want you to tell everybody exactly how to find you. Your, your uh, YouTube channel, your website. So if they want to have those kind of conversations and find out more about you or perhaps work with you and learn more about uh, Professor Feuerstein and all of his coolness, but through you, where would they go and, and how would they get a hold of you? Yeah, so it's all the same thing. It's all under Life Picks University. So that's Life, P-I-X, university so whether it's youtube or the podcast or the website depending whatever format you like life picks university is it life picks university so i'm just curious what made you pick life picks p-i-x yes so like i mentioned back when i was in 
college, I started my photography business and then it started from that. And when we morphed into this, we just left the name. Oh, you just kept the name. So pics does mean pics, as in pictures. And so it's now metaphorical to having different pictures. Well, in this time right now of so much stress and overwhelm in society with, you know, political noise and cancel this and everybody's doing something wrong by somebody's standards and then there's wars and all of the rest of the things that are going on, if you had if you had the opportunity to speak to a stadium full of a hundred thousand people and you know LP was the flag that went up life picks and they knew that it was you and you were there for and you didn't have a long time but you just had a minute to give a message what would you tell people to, to carry away from our conversation I would actually tell people to develop a growth mindset of specifically wanting challenges and like going into them, training your brain to get into them in a way where it becomes like addicting almost, (laughs) because then um, whenever you're faced with challenges, because you are going to have them, you can overcome them, you can deal with them and you can grow from them. And my favorite way to start getting your brain into that growth mindset is to watch your language. So instead of saying, I can't do this, say something like, I can't do this yet, or I'm learning how to do this. You don't have to lie and say like, oh, I'm perfect at this. But simply like adding the word yet really all of a sudden gives your brain ways to now look for it of how you can go and overcome this challenge. I can't tell you how much I love that. We create our world one piece of language at a time. The inside language, our internal dialogue, and our external, how we present ourselves is really how we create our world. ST, I want to thank you for taking time to share your passion, your experience, and uh, everything that you've given us today. Thank you for being here with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. I'm delighted, and I believe, I absolutely agree with and believe in what you're doing, and especially the heart that you have to add good to the world and to bring caring and just, you know, the yearning to help people. So thanks for everything that you do. Thank you. You're welcome. So each of you listeners, I want you to take the opportunity to listen to this. Explore how you maybe are coping in some areas and how you feel overwhelmed or how you feel incapable. And the growth mindset, watching your language, all of those things are really critical. Because if you're going to get something different than you've got now, you've got to do something different. So you got, and you've got to start somewhere. And watching your language is a perfect place to start. And so I want you to take this opportunity. Go back, listen again, pick just one or two things to work on and use that as a springboard to create your ultimate life. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your feet on the ground.